Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of White Wine Question Time, Something from the Cellar, our weekly mini drop that allows us to revisit some of our finest conversations. As we finally get to celebrate the end of the year's most notoriously miserable month, yes, January, I'm talking about you, and look forward to brighter days ahead, hopefully with a little bit more sunshine, uh, we've collected some of our favourite animal-related laughs to put a smile on your face as we shut the door in the face of January. First up, we have Will Meller the actor who recently dazzled in Mr. Bates versus the post office. And here he tells us about how he accidentally cremated the wrong cat. Can you imagine? He also goes on to explain other times in his life following this where situations that were really well intended have, well, horribly backfired. The cat, Will. Oh, right. It's just typical, like, something like this could happen to me. It, the thing was, the cat had been missing for about seven or eight months. And, and it was a Bengal. So Bengals, if you get one that looks like the tiger, you know, they get the, you get the, we had a white one and we had a ben, another one, both Bengals. And uh, and they're quite semi-wild. So we do, I don't like keeping cats in the house because I think it's a bit tight. So I said, we should just let, let them run and they'll come back. And he kept coming back and then... Leo, his name was, and then he just kept going for longer. So he'd go for two weeks and then he'd come back and he used to, we used to get a phone call from the old people's home. Uh, we've got your cat, Leo, and we'd come and pick him up. And then he'd, and he just, I think he just loved attention. So what can I do? <laughs> yeah, so, and then he was gone seven or eight months and I thought, well, he's not coming back. And then someone, um, we got a, a phone call, I think, or someone came to the gate from the, from the vet saying, we've got your cat, Leo. So my daughter was over the moon. Um, so I, I came home and Leo turned, and he, he looked a lot. He looked a bit different. He was a bit more shaggy and a bit like he'd been sleeping rough. You know what I mean? And I thought, well, that's possible. <laughs> and his meow was wrong. He was going like that, and I thought it doesn't sound well. 
So I took him to the vets and they, they, they diagnosed that he, he had throat cancer, uncurable, and they said the best thing we've got to do is put him down. And I said, we've only just got him back. My daughter's over the moon. And I had a, I had a chip on my cat. And I said, they said, oh, it's Leo, definitely Leo. And I said, but that's not my address. And they said, it's, the chips can get corrupt. And I thought, that sounds strange. And now I know they just wanted someone to put that cat down because what's happened is I've took him, I've took the cat home. We had one more day with it. I took the cat back in the basket and I was honestly crying my eyes out because I, I, I love animals and stuff like that. And I, I, I put him in and, and, and honestly, I, I was that bad at the reception. The lady said, do you want to go into the other room? <laughs> I, was, I was crying. Put me, I was in the relative's room sobbing. Uh, I just felt so bad that I was doing this to an animal. Anyway, I come home with the empty basket and I, I got the ashes, put them on the mantelpiece. And then, like you said, a couple months later, we got a phone call. We've got your cat, Leo, he's been run over. I said, you haven't? My cat's on the mantelpiece. And they said, oh no, we've checked, it's your address. This. So I looked and I thought, well, who's that on my mantelpiece then? Who've I put down? Um, and it was Leo and his back leg had been oh. crushed and stuff. And the thing was, my daughter's, my daughter's going mad. Oh, he's back from the dead, oh, Leo. And I was like, the, vet, <laughs> the vet's telling me I've got to put him down. And they said, listen, what we usually do with the injury, he's got. So I said, I can't do that. My daughter thinks he's come back from the dead. I've, it cost me thousands in vet bills. Oh, do you know how much it is to put a cat on a drip overnight? Unbelievable. More than a human. Honest <laughs> to God. So I've, I've kept him alive. We've, we've, we've looked after him. We've nurtured him. I've got a cage for him so he can't stand up on his back legs. The operation didn't go right. I had to have it redone. Thousands <laughs> it cost me. Then he's strong enough to walk. We let him out of the cage. The door window's open. He jumps out the window. He's been gone ever since. I've not seen him since. No! <laughs> he's gone. Gone. <laughs> Use me. Use me. Cost me a fortune. He's gone. <laughs> Oh my and god! And now I've, I've still got that cat on my mantelpiece. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know who it is. I don't know. I've got, I've got some cat's ashes. I don't know who they are. <laughs> You've been catfished by your own cat. Exactly. Seriously, man. <laughs> honestly, I hope I don't see him again. Seriously, I, I, I don't want it because I'm fuming with him. I do all that, and he just goes seen a bit. Cheers for that. So yeah, it, it was a true story. You were trying to do the right thing, and it ended up being epically the wrong thing. I just wondered if you've got another example in life where you've gone into a situation with the best of intentions and ended up literally doing the wrong thing. I've done it. I do it too many times. Um, I, I do it because I do mean well, but my vocabulary, because I wasn't at school, I was trying to make everyone laugh rather than listen. So my vocabulary can be a bit blunt at times. And, where, and, and I try to be nice and, and say things. And then people say, well, you can't say that. And I, I did it. I've done it a few times. I did it with a girl at a party. And I think other people have made this mistake. And it's a genuine mistake, but I was trying to make conversation. And she was stood next to me at a party in Liverpool when I was doing Hollyoaks. And I was a bit nervous. I'm in this party, didn't really know many people. <clears throat> and I turned to her and I just looked at her and I thought, oh, and I, and I rubbed her belly. I went, oh, and she went, I'm not pregnant. <laughs> I thought she was pregnant. And I went, oh, it's the, it's the dress. No, I'm trying to talk my way out of it. It's the dress. It's the, and she goes, what's up with my dress? I'm going, no, it's like a maternity dress. She went, do you mean I look like I've got a maternity dress on now? I went, no, I'm, oh. I, I, I actually rubbed her belly. And she, she was just a bit overweight. Honestly, it was terrible, Kate. Oh. It was, I had to leave. 
Hey, to leave. I'd never even met her before. I didn't know who she was. I just thought that'll be a nice way to talk to somebody. And I've, instead of offending her, I did it. I did it with another girl when I first got with Michelle. Um, my wife's black, um, and I didn't know much about black culture. But I was I, once I started to learn a bit, I started to show off a bit, you know, in situations like I know a few things. <laughs> And, and I saw, and, and this girl comes in the shop, this black girl comes in the shop, the local like corner shop. And, I, and um, my wife wears weaves and wigs and she has hair plastic, all different things. Anyway, I, I saw this guy and I went, I went to, and I went to her and I says, all right, love, it's a nice weave. And, and my wife said, you can't say that. I said, I just complimented her on a weave. She said, you might as well say, that's a nice wig. I said, well, I was trying to be nice. And she said, the worst thing is, it's coming from a white man telling her she's got, which means her weave is <laughs> awful because you can tell. And that, honestly, oh, yeah. I was, she said, you're trying to show off thinking you know things and you don't <laughs> keep your mouth shut. And I was like, I was trying to be nice. I was trying to compliment her. And he said, she said, no, that's a, it's a compliment is when you don't know it's a weave, not when you go, that's a nice weave. I was like, all right. <laughs> so note to self, don't rub people's bellies and don't compliment women on their weaves. Has as Michelle probably got like um I don't know like a little catalogue of disasters that she's collected with you along the way where she's she, to kind of go no don't do that. Well, yeah, I'm just quite cringy, but I, I, sometimes I enjoy it. I enjoy you know I, I I think I mean I definitely enjoy embarrassing my children. I think you know it's, that's part of my job. Once you had kids, I thought I am going to be the embarrassing dad. I don't mind if there's a, if we go on holiday. You know, like it's you go as soon as I'm on holiday, I'm I'm like freedom. And then, and then so when, and you know when you go and they have like some entertainment and they go, well, okay, we're going to get a few people on stage. Anyone? I'm first up, me. Michael Jackson impressions. Anyone want to get up? I'm like, give it here. I'm on. The kids are like, don't you dare. Don't you dare. I don't care. Get me on that stage. I've had a few Uzos. I'm off. <laughs> I love it. How old are your kids now? They're almost adults, aren't they, Will? Yeah, my son's 16. Um, so literally, God. as soon as I breathe, I'm embarrassing. He's he's 17 yeah. in um, in July. My daughter's 12. She's 13 in June. Um, and yeah, I am I, I am embarrassing to him. Honestly, they don't they don't find anything I do cool, no matter what it is. I even, I did a Viking film called Viking Destiny. Um, and it's called Of Gods and Warriors over here. Um, playing a Viking, all the gear on, sword fighting. I was Lord Sony. I was like the hero in this film. They wouldn't even watch it. I said, Yeah, son, you'll like this one. <laughs> No, I'm all right. I'm watching YouTube. No, I'm all right. I'm going to play on the PlayStation. No, I'm talking. I was like, you don't even want to watch it. They won't even watch it. Nothing. <laughs> they not. I, I was. I was thinking my son will like this. And we've. My dad's like a Viking. Didn't care. Embarrassing. But I, I don't mind because I don't take myself seriously. And I. And I think deep down, you know, they laugh really. But they are. They are embarrassed by it. And my son just everything I come out with. Why'd you do that? And I just can't help it. I love it. I love. I love it. I love having my kids around me. And do you know what it is? I, I, I'm. I'm terri- I mean, you must be the same. I'm terrified of them growing up and leaving the house, and and I don't have it anymore. No, I don't have the cuddles on the couch, and we don't. I mean, I don't really get that much anyway now with my son, especially. We had to develop a a handshake, a special handshake, because I used to kiss him goodnight, goodnight, son, and he was like, whoa, palm me in the face. We don't do the kissing anymore, Dad. I went right. Well, when did that stop? Now it stops right now. <laughs> and then we, I, had to, I had to develop like a new handshake. So I came up with it and I said, listen, I've come up with a handshake. It's just between me and you, son. So when I say goodnight now, we'll do it. And it's our thing. So 
whenever I'm around, whenever I'm saying this is what we'll do. So that's what we do now. But it means I still get to say goodnight to him and I still have that little thing. And it just, it's just, I, I, you know, I love my family, they're my world. So I just don't want them, you know, I want to enjoy oh. them while they're, while they're here. Well, while while they're still not, you know, getting too old to want to be near me. But I don't, I don't want you to confuse, you know, what the cat did to you with what your kids might do to you. They're not going to run off and only come back to be sort of, you know, sorting out their medical bills. Next up, podcast superstar, political reporter, and well, political bigwig. Alistair Campbell, who talks to us about how grateful he is for his daughter's insistent campaign for a family dog that ultimately played a huge part in saving his mental health and the call he received from the former Prime Minister and his former boss ordering him to get one. Yeah, Tony Blair made Alistair Campbell get a dog because his daughter told him to. This morning we went out and walked the dog and I said to Fiona, what am I doing? What is the point of it? <laughs> and she said, a bit like you, she said, look, you, you, you're presenting the most successful podcast in the country, isn't that enough for the moment? Yeah. No, it's not. God, her said, eyes must a... ache from rolling. I know. It's too, <laughs> I, I, know. I know, it's bad, it's bad. When you put it like that, yeah, I get it. I get it. But I think what I'm, I put, I, this, what, what I'm, doing at the moment will percolate the next idea into into something else yeah 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 you're a man that can't stop throwing pennies down the bottom of your own well yeah well put madam thank you when have you done something that you thought i'm so glad i did that be it going to seek therapy when you struggled with your mental health packing up the drinking picking up the cycling starting the swimming you know what are the things that you go thank god i did that because i think often we can forget to look back on the things that we do do to become better um thank god i went to see other voyage oh isn't it good i cried did you cry I was moved. I was definitely moved. You didn't I cry was though. Was there was there water coming from your eyes, Alistair? Oh, it was. And and um I don't know about you, but I found the third time the most moving. I've only been once. I love your devotion. You're so such a funny it. old stick sometimes, aren't you? Look, your devotion to Abba is brilliant. I love it. They I mean they are a glorious pop band. And that experience, I mean, we talk about AI. There you go. I know. I know. Wow. Do you know what I did? Second time I went, I did have that worry. I went and I thought, this, because the first time you just go, wow, this is amazing, the technology, yeah. blah, blah. Second time I was thinking, hold on, this is so real. Just imagine what the Tories could do with this. <laughs> imagine Trump do to Biden with this. Yeah. You know? So there's a part of it that worries you, but no, the music's great. And I, I, I'd say... What else? God, I'm dead. I'm glad I did languages at university. Yeah, you love languages, don't you? How many do you speak? Only French and German. I'm glad I learned the bagpipes. Yeah. Um, I'm glad we got a dog when I didn't want to get a dog. Yeah? What's yeah, a dog Grace brought to your world? Oh, so much. Grace was the one who made us get a dog. Um... And our, the one that we got, well, she died, but now I've got Sky. And it's really strange. I had a bit of a depressive blip a few weeks 
she always knows. It's so weird. Like when I wake up, she's lying there. She can she can smell it. <laughs> You've definitely got a sense of it, yeah. There is an undeniable joy in dogs, isn't there? Even oh. even even um the the most determined of miseries cannot fail to find joy in a dog. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Well, it's gotta be the right dog. Yeah. I can't have big slobbery dogs. So <laughs> of guys, course but... of course there's gotta be T's and C's attached, Alistair. <laughs> very very gracious, very small and gracious. So Grace did a good thing there then. Yeah, totally. And, Grace, I mean, and the thing about Grace, you met Grace, and Grace is a massive campaigner as well. Mm. That was her first campaign. The dog. Where we, she, including getting my then boss, the Prime Minister, to phone me <laughs> and say, I really think you should get Grace a dog because it means so much to her. <laughs> and, you must have been so proud. And we went over, Fiona and I were away somewhere. Came back into and she'd put a post inside every drawer in the house. In the house. Wow, right. wants a dog. <laughs> yeah, are you proud of her for that? Yeah, yeah, we we would in the end. And it turns out she was right, it, it was a good thing for everybody, totally, totally. And I remember when Molly, when Molly, the first one died and all five of us were together and i can't remember the last time before or since where at that level of intensity because of course when when it's like relatives who've died humans who've died there's other members of the family there as well this was like literally just the five of us all in bits oh. you yeah, know she's definitely right about that definitely right so i'm glad i'm glad that grace bullied us into getting a dog and I hope she doesn't listen to this podcast and bully us into the next thing she wants. Exactly. <laughs> as long as it doesn't, like, you know, take the form of a, I don't know, three-bedroom house in central London or something. <laughs> I mean, she's going to have seen your download number. She's going to know that there's there's yeah. gold in them hills. <laughs> yeah. As you sit here at 66, I know that you're not happy with where you are, that there's always more that you want to do. But are you at a point in your life where you think that this might be the closest to happy you've ever been? No. <laughs> no. No, definitely not. If your family had to write a TripAdvisor review of you, what would it say? Um, well, it would, like, it would depend on their mood and it would depend on my mood. I'm conscious of the fact that my mood sometimes can be quite powerful. Mm -hmm. um, I think, I think, I mean, Fiona once said that, you know, how she describes her life with me is never boring. So that's quite good on TripAdvisor, never boring. Never boring. How, how would she rate you out of five? Some days one, some days five. <laughs> Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And last but not least, we have TV presenter and sports radio broadcaster Craig Doyle, who talks us through the broadcasting journey that led him to orgasming a duck. Yeah, that's showbiz, baby. (laughs) You and I were both working in the same unit at the BBC. So we weren't doing the same shows, but we were both hosting their travel coverage. And you were like the daddy of the pack. You had the main job, the main anchor on holiday. And I came in and did films for them and couldn't believe, like I was literally, I I remember phoning my mum and dad going, they send you on holiday and they pay you. Now obviously it's not a holiday, it's very hard work, but I just couldn't get my head around like, you get on a plane and they pay you. And like my first shoot was in Antigua. I was like, I'm actually getting paid for this. Wow. And and then I moved on to different segments of the show. And, and I literally, like you, saw the world courtesy of the BBC. It was mind-blowingly brilliant. And I always looked out for you at those, sort of, you know, when you have to go for those drinks. Yeah. That's, what, that's where we would have met. I always wanted to come and say hi and yeah, because because you know what, we'd all share the same crews and I knew you were a good guy because the crews loved you and they don't lie, especially after six beers in the bar. <laughs> no, they don't. Six would have been a light night. Yeah, <laughs> if you were shooting with Roland Rivron, I mean, it's oh, just a warm up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it was an extraordinary time, wasn't it? Um, because we were making this TV show that was watched by six and a half million people a week. Okay? You think about that now. I know. And there was no social media. There was no scrutiny. You just went off and did whatever you want. I mean, I used to just, we just had the biggest nights out. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, wherever you are in the world, you know, and, you know, not, not nasty stuff, just fun. And there was no repercussions, no one snapping you, no one, no stories. No and camera papers, phones. Nothing, nothing. But the other side of that, what was weird about it was that I spent my whole time on the road like you and I do 28 trips a year. Yeah. And you, you'd be four of you away. So you're on the show that was watched by millions and millions of people. And you'd be in magazines and all that stuff over here. But you'd come home and you didn't feel like you were in TV. You didn't know anyone because you hadn't met anyone because you're on your own with the crew. And I'd go off and I was living in the flower couple of mates and like he's like J5's rugby. Yeah. You know, it, it was so weird. They're like, oh, yeah, on TV, you must have this. I was like, no, it's as normal as it could possibly be. And, and we'd go to those nights out, Kate, and I'd be so completely intimidated by everybody at the table. I remember sitting beside Jeremy Clarkson at a dinner at the Groucho Club. I'm sorry. Years ago. <laughs> and he he was just, he just made me feel really uncomfortable for yeah. two or three hours. And I never went home again. I remember taking a cigarette off and he was beside me smoking Marlboro Reds. And I was like, I was shaking with fear. Cause I was, Louis Theroux was there, all these amazing, and Jeremy Clark is an amazing broadcaster, right? All these people I really looked up to. And I remember I said, hey, sorry, Jeremy, and Mr. Clark, can I, could I have one of your cigarettes? I just have to do something. And he gives a cigarette to the whole table with, hey guys, thank fuck he's human. <laughs> What's that supposed to mean? I don't know. And then he started rubbing my face going, look at this fucking skin. <laughs> what? I don't know what he was doing. I know I left shortly after. <laughs> wow. That's sort of passive aggressive compliments. I don't know. I think he was being, I think he was just being ladsy, but maybe I kind of looked up to him quite a lot and I just yeah. couldn't cope with that. Just because we weren't, like, as you said there, you're away all the time. So you're not in the scene. Mm. So you just weren't able for it. And I remember, I remember being put up for a quiz show. It was a long time ago. And I went to do the quiz show and the bosses of it turned around to a friend of mine and said, he was also on TV, and said, we like Craig, but we hear socially he's very, very boring. <laughs> 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 I didn't get the um, <laughs> I'm like, you've no idea. You've no idea what I'm like. Um, Where did that come from? Socially he's very, very boring. Why does that mean that you're not qualified to host a quiz show? Because socially I was very boring. Because <laughs> I guess, Kate, I was going to these are not going to these do's, but when I would go, I'd, I'd stay for half an hour and just be a bit intimidated and leave. I was very shy in the environment. And I, I think in our business, everybody always seemed loud and gregarious and confident. And I'm like, I'm not like them. And our era had some brilliant broadcasters. This was the Jamie Deeks, the Zoe Ball time. And you're know, like all these great people. And um, I never really felt a part of that. Do you know, it's you really know? interesting that you say that because being um, a part of that team at that time, um, certainly within the travel department, they spoke about you with such reverence. And you were, you know, you were, um, I guess what Holly is on this morning now, you were the figurehead of everything that sat underneath it. So we all, you know, I didn't sense any of that. I thought that they had huge respect for you, huge plans for you. Um, you know, you were the chosen one, the golden boy. It was the gig of all gigs, right? You'd taken it over from, who had done Holiday from before? Poor old Jill. Poor old Jill Dando. Jill Dando, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jeez, you, um, you're no stranger to stepping into some big old shoes, are you? <laughs> 
it's um, that's show business, yeah. Isn't it just? It I mean, hey, the, talking of show probably, business, how did you give a duck an orgasm, Craig? It's good with them, you know. I know my way around a duck. <laughs> duck in hell. Duck in hell. So I love animals, right? I mean, not that much. Not much. But, <laughs> um, and I, I don't know. I'm weird with animals. I melt. I'm, I had, we had seven puppies in the studio today. I just melt with animals. And um, I, I'm talking to this duck and I'm rubbing its tummy. And it goes just starts doing this weird thing. It's like, it goes into this trance. And then I think I'm like, it has a pee. And I'm like, oh, no, the duck's had a pee. And the other goes, that's not pee. As this white liquid streams from her underbelly. Because you've just made her very, very happy. <laughs> I had ducks dropping into my DMs for weeks, I tell you that. Sliding <laughs> in. Oh, my goodness. So... And, but then, do you know what you did? You just recovered brilliantly. You sort of laughed it off and threw back to the studio. You just I mean, rolled with it. It's, so there's a great thing that happens, Kate, as you get older in television and you, you literally stop caring what people think. Oh, yeah. You just don't care anymore. And it's so liberating. And it makes you a much better broadcaster because you're not concerned. You're concerned about the show and... You know, you know this show needs to be these things, and you'll do that. And if you end up being the punch bag or coming out of it a bit stupid or a bit undignified, you don't care. And it makes work so much more fun. And I, I work with some young people, and I can see them worried about people might think. And it's, it, it holds them back, you know. Yeah, I so think I, you're right. I, you know, I just roll with everything now. I don't, I, it doesn't matter. Even Bill I Murray. I cleaned up a dog poo. I cleaned up a huge dog poo live on telly today. <laughs> Yeah, but if you've got four dogs at home, haven't you? That's like, you know. Dogs, cats, everything, kids, yeah. everyone's pooing. Everyone's pooing in my house. Exactly. You're just one <laughs> big poop scoop. <laughs> That's it. Poop, spook, scoop, toilet unblocker. That's what I do. Uh, thanks so much for your company on this week's trip to the cellar. Uh, if you are intrigued to hear more from Will Miller, Alistair Campbell or Craig Doyle, uh, the full episodes are available. Just search for them using their names in your search bar. I'll be back on Friday with a brand new star-studded guest. Until then, thanks as always for listening. White Wine Question Time is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network.